0: For your sports talk fix Every day from 4 to 6 It's Scalzo and Brust
1: Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios At Radio City This is Scalzo and Brust Presented by Potosi Brewing Company On 94.5
0: ESPN And Wisconsin On Demand It's a party baby
1: wisconsin he is benny brust i'm greg scalzo alex Trofe, joshie dimaggio running the show and you the scalzo and brust family on twitter at scalzo and brust calling texting us the all new patented official scalzo and brust talking text line 800-990-3776 again 800-990-3776 kudos to ben brust for uh, leading the show yesterday and shout out to jen Latta for surviving
2: so not good job, Ben, just a kudos, like a you did okay and Jen survived my okayness.
1: I thought you did great, buddy. But did- Homer's but Homer's shaking his head like yeah, Jen survived. Alright, Homer, you can chime in. You, you were it was not your best show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The truth hurts. The truth hurts. like show's at the best when they make fun of you the entire show, and you defend yourself, and in the battle there, nobody made fun of you once. What are you talking about? Josh and J- Josh DiMaggio behind the glass running the show with Jen Latta teamed up against me the entire second hour of the show. Amateur wannabes. I'm next to Dad. He is the pro. He is the pro.
1: When it comes to making fun of Ben Brost, I am the pro. Thank you, Homer. 800 and that's where we will begin. Because earlier this week, uh, when we were doing, and uh, we mentioned it, we are conducting interviews for Barry Week. You'll hear that shortly on ESPN Wisconsin, where we'll be celebrating Barry Alvarez for a full week, and me and Ben are uh, interviewing some coaches, some former coaches, uh, as part of Barry Week. And earlier this week, we talked to Coach uh, Brett Bielema, and I was waiting for the uh, interview to begin. It's a one twenty invite, so I'm thinking Coach is going to be on right at one i I'm there 10 minutes early because I'm responsible. Oh, don't and, you go there. And the next thing I know, is I can hear Ben and Josh. I can hear Ben and Josh. They can't hear me. I'm getting frustrated because I know that it's on their end because I can hear them and I can hear myself. And then all of a sudden, after they get the giant Ashton Rotman to help out, uh, here's what happened. Oh my God, I want to murder you! I think he was looking for the longer clip there, uh, Joshie, that shows why I wanted to murder hello, Ben hello, Brust. hello, 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 hello. Oh. That's why we shouldn't start at 120 on a 120? <laughs> hello, you big idiots over there! Come on, I figure it right. out.
2: No, hear. this is us. Hello, hello.
1: It's 100 percent you. 100 percent you. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Are you there? Are you there? God, Greg,
3: talk Greg, talk I'm Greg.
1: I'm right here, I'm here.
2: <laughs> Alright, I got you in my headset. Head- oh God,
1: God, you guys are Tell morons!
3: Him Tell him why.
1: And my headphones weren't on. <laughs> oh my God, I want to murder
2: you! You can just feel it. I mean, <laughs> the if I'm frust-
1: sitting... The frustration bubbling up inside of me as I'm waiting for it. So fast forward to today, uh, we had the opportunity to interview uh, Coach Greg Gard, the head basketball coach for the Wisconsin men's Badger basketball team. And uh, we're early on in the interview, me and Ben, were are looking at each other, and Ben Brust literally does the least professional thing you could possibly do in the middle of an interview.
0: Somebody you lean on because of his experiences more so as a coach than a.
1: Just sniffling right inside of the microphone.
0: Just more so as a coach.
1: So here's Ugh. the, here's
2: the Ugh, issue. Oh, it makes me sick. I know. Here's why I feel bad about this one. Because before the interview started, Greg called me out because I was sitting in front of, like, the radio board with all those buttons that look really confusing. And I think there's a reason why they look really confusing and why I should not be sitting in front of them. Because I've never been able – I've never been trained on, like, the boards and stuff. But I convinced myself that I know how to use them. And I was in control of Greg's microphone and my microphone. And I completely messed up. So now I've messed two of our interviews up. Well, I guess I didn't mess up the first one. I just got Greg really, really angry. But I don't think there's any way we can fix the sniffles out of the interview. I think it's right over his talking.
0: Just more so as the coach. Oh, oh,
2: my God.
3: Oh. I usually can do things to, like, save you guys when we record stuff. And like mix you guys? And mix and match. I've helped you out a time or two, Greg. <sighs> It's most often Ben. I was being
1: nice. No, I know. I fidget a lot. <laughs> it's my ring spinning on the table. I get it.
3: Yeah. So that one, since it's directly over Coach's voice, either either I take out the whole question, which I think was a pretty good question and answer. Uh, it, we're just gonna, everyone's going to hear Ben sniffling into the mic like a child. Benny boogies over here because you can hear
1: those boogies in your. No- I mean, it's the worst part about it. it. Wasn't like a quick. It was like it was a double. It was, thick and it was a double and you couldn't even turn your head joshie when i tell you it was directly to the mic he was literally right here in front of the mic like he was doing it on
3: purpose did you forget you were on the radio uh, like recording that there was microphones how does that happen i forgot to press the off button and i here's the thing
2: i had the sniffles because i had a coffee and like the coffee made my sinuses Uh, going you're the
1: worst excuse guy of all time (laughs) no you drink a coffee, and so then you have to sniffle in the middle of an interview in front of a microphone. Like, you could have turned your mic off. You could have turned your head 90 degrees. There's a million things that you could have done when you had the sniffle. Okay, but what about...
3: Oh, geez, That sounds horrible. Did you enhance the sniffles? All I did was level the sounds. I did nothing. I
2: can't. I would... You can't hear him. And credit to Coach Guard because he powered through. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did
3: it directly he, into his he, ear. He
2: powered through. He heard that and he did not stop. So, Greg, let me ask you this. Okay. What should I have done in this situation today? I was at a lunch uh, for a work meeting and I was meeting somebody for the first time. And I was at a restaurant where it's a w- restaurant that is well known for having way too many people. Pages on its menu, way too many options, way too many things to look Cheesecake at. factory? Yes.
3: And well, I mean, we don't do free ads here on Sketchbox. I know, but that, like it's the it's the it's synonymous with, with having the too way many too much. things on the you, menu. You weren't you weren't what is it, sh- surreptitious with it? You weren't sneaky. I'm never sneaky. <laughs> Sometimes I'm
2: sneaky. That's what she said.
0: That's what she said. <laughs>
2: So I'm at lunch at the Cheesecake <laughs> wait, Factory. Wait, wait, wait. How are you sneaky? And why would she say sometimes I'm sneaky? I, that's that's besides the point. We're going to move on. Uh, at the Cheesecake Factory, meeting somebody for the first time, and I was with two people. The new person I was meeting and someone I work with. The two people, when like the waitress came over to take our orders within the first two minutes of sitting down, as I'm going through the book of options at the Cheesecake Factory... They say they're ready to order. And I have no idea what I want at this point, but I have to make the snap decision. Wait, how long was it? It was like, immediate? It was. It felt really, really fast. But they go there a lot. It's part of their routine when they meet for lunch there. Did and as you a, not feel comfortable to say, hey, just give me... I, I was ready to say, can we get a little bit more? But they jumped on the opportunity to order. So at that point, I'm all in. And like, you can't not order once the other two people order, can you? Can you say, hey, I'm not ready, can you come? Come back for me? No. I had order anxiety like Josh today.
3: Well, Greg, I also noticed a slight real back of the story. He said, like, it felt fast, so he's now giving himself a little room where it must not have been as fast as he wants to portray. Well, I mean,
2: there
1: was conversation. There wasn't time to look at the menu. You just need a glance, Benny. It's a lunch. You don't need the perfect item on the lunch. But menu. I couldn't you even find, I couldn't find the page for lunch because there were so many <laughs> damn pages. So what did you do? I ended up. The person
2: next to me ordered orange chicken lunch portion, and he 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 promised me I would like it. He was like, "You'll you'll like the orange chicken. It's great." And so, like, what was Uh-oh, I gonna do? Tummy
1: issues. Oh my gosh, like some tummy my my tummy issues. is
2: just freaking killing me
1: today because who gets orange chicken from the cheesecake factory? Wow. So this is all a big story. I thought you were going to pull some sort of thread that was like, what do you do? You know, how do you order? And instead, you just wanted to complain that you got rushed into a lunch order that resulted in you having a bad tummy so you can have an excuse for the rest of the show. No, that was just... Just orange, orange chicken at the Cheesecake Factory. How do I avoid that next time? So you, you couldn't have just said, hey, I'll do a salad. Do you have like a grilled chicken salad or something? And she would have said, yeah, you could get a chicken Caesar salad or this salad. Like, you know what you want no, but lunch. here's the, just, just just, interact with the waiter like, yeah, like, I like a human right, being. Right. I and, panicked.
2: I had Josh order anxiety today. What I All I wanted was probably like a chicken wrap.
1: Yeah, hey, could you have a chicken wrap? Yeah, it's on page 112, okay? <laughs> uh, I'll do a chicken bacon, you know, ranch wrap. Gosh, There's a million been- Oh to my do. god, that would have been so much better! And you panicked, but you also were just ready to heap blame on everybody else. You went full victim mode in that moment where you just no, surrendered oran- to No, because the it. orange
2: chicken was great. Like, I really enjoyed the meal, but what came after is uh, too many
1: trips to the, to the number two room. Could have also had to do with that coffee that hurt your sinuses earlier into the orange chicken. It's a tough combo, more so as Coke. Ugh. Do you think... I'm getting a lot of text saying how disgusting that sounds on the radio. Does right it now. sound that
3: gross? <laughs> Should we put an embargo on the boogie sound? <laughs> ben, do you know what an embargo is? It's like a stop, <laughs> right? Like like
2: it's like we stop trading, like, right? Come on, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's an embargo. Passing uh, grade. Passing grade. Passing grade. Uh, ben in Menominee Falls chimes in, says, Who gets orange chicken at the Cheesecake Factory? Apparently you do, Ben Brust. I don't. My The, the teammate that I work with orders orange chicken at the Cheesecake
2: Factory, and he, I trust him, just not with his food choices next time we go out to din-
1: uh, lunch. 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. Uh, ben Brust. Ordering orange chicken at a Cheesecake Factory. His it sounds hurts, bizarre, right? Paid boogies. He's got the sniffles, all this. This comes on the heel of the great Ben Bruss story that I heard from yesterday. The great Gene Mueller uh, is uh retiring. He announced that yesterday on Wisconsin Morning News on her sister station, WTMJ, 620 WTMJ. We're in the same building as them, right? Yeah. So apparently Ben Bruss runs into our boss in the hallway, right? The big, the big boss, like VP, market manager uh, of uh, of GKB Milwaukee. Yeah, I remember this. And, that- uh, and and he runs in there, and Ben, you know, being Ben, always trying. To, hey, is that power over there? I want to get as close to that as I possibly can. I see power. I want to be close to the power. I want to have fun with the power. I want the power. I want to make an impact on the power. And he sidles, sidles up to our uh, to our big boss man, uh, who has been on the air here, Steve Wexler, Wax. And he comes up and he goes to Wax. Goes, so Gene, you know, huh? He's retiring. And Wex is like, yeah, he's done a great, you know, done a great job, meant so much. To WTMJ in the community. And, you know, Wex has been here for a while, understands the the magnitude of it all far better than Ben or even myself do. And Ben follows that up with, so, Wex, like, when are you thinking about that for you? Like, what's your plan? Like, Are you getting close? (laughs) Ben Bruss literally tried to push the big boss man into retirement in the middle of the hallway on (laughs) Gene's big
2: day. I wasn't put. I mean, uh, is it retirement a good thing? Like, I I feel like I was trying to like push it, not push him. I was just asking when he's gonna go set sail in the boats in the sun.
1: That's all I was asking. I mean, and can you can you believe that? I mean, you can believe that, Josh Dimaggio. Yeah. But can you really believe that he would think, okay, I'm just gonna go and say, hey, so when what when what are you getting out of here? Like, hey, boss, when when are you leaving?
3: It's like a little kid who's not afraid to ask power or anything. D- like, did it- Dude, the implications of it. Do you not understand? I mean, I was just genuinely curious. You called him old to his face. I mean, I don't know how to
1: answer that. I mean, he's been. Greg said it. He's been around forever at WTMJ. Yeah, but you don't go up to somebody you think might be pregnant and say, "Hey, so you're pregnant." Like, you don't do that. You don't ask somebody if they're pregnant unless you see or they say something. Or until you see the baby, do you congratulate them? Like, if there are certain things that you just do not say or do. I'm be- just curious on his five-year plan. <laughs> I mean Uh, we will continue to make fun of Ben Brust. I do want to talk some Aaron Rodgers because all of his former teammates say, hey, it's he's, he's going to come back to the Packers. This door's still open. And every media member says, nope, Aaron Rodgers is dug in. Plus, Ben Brust wants to go after Homer for something he said earlier this week. I'm Wilde and Tausch. That's next. It's Galzo and Brust.
0: You're listening to Scalzo and Brust. Dope. Weed guy. Weed guy. Oh, we- Weed <laughs> guy. Weed <laughs> love. Weed guy. Weed guy. Weed guy. Weed guy. Weed. Stream live and listen anytime on your time on Wisconsin On Demand. Gone are the
1: days when all fall down. I forgot it was Grateful Dead Thursday.
3: I-
2: I've been so confused on what day of the week it is all week.
3: Is this
1: right off of
2: Europe
3: 72? Yeah, I play this one for you specifically. Every time, man. Why is this one for him specifically? Because this is like his favorite version of the song. Oh, okay. Noted i brown
1: out women in red grenadine. Greg never sings
2: on the show. You know it's his jam if he's jamming. Oh, I do.
1: <laughs> believe me, this is my jam. He is Benny Boogie's Ben Brust. I'm Greg Scalzo. Alex Strofe, Josh and Maja running the show across ESPN Wisconsin. You, the Scalzo and Brust family, from sea to shining sea. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi. Greg, don't hit your microphone. On Twitter, at Scalzo and Brust. Uh, and, of course, the all-new. Patented official Scalzo and Brust talk text line 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. We will open up the phone lines because I want to turn my attention to Aaron Rodgers. And Homer called in to Wilde and Tausch earlier this week. I walk into the studio today with Ben Bruss. Ben says, Homer, I'm going to be ripping you because I heard something from earlier this week on Wildy and Tausch. So now it's time to do it. What did Homer say earlier this week on Wilde and Tausch? Talking to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm, I'm not well,
0: in fact, I don't really want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to spend my time talking to Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, Mr. Rogers, I am incapable of understanding why you choose periodically to be such a dink and a jerk. So you are so upset with the culture and Goody and Murphy apparently. And now you decide this is just a game. So, you're on for the match, and I guess Brian Anderson agreed to it. I never would. So, just tell a little funny thing, and then you do something that's kind of fun. Like it's a game. Let's just have some comments and have some fun. You're so mad that you are upset, about, but that you still think it's kind of fun. So, what is this, a game? This is just a game you're playing, and you're amused by it. Huh, that was pretty funny. I think that was pretty good. Or, can you mean, what is wrong with you? How do you act like this sometimes? As smart as you are, you question other people and their intelligence. How can you be so smart and think this serves anything? Do you not care of the millions of Packer fans who are worried, who like you so much? Not all of them. You don't care. you. Do. It's just the game. And however this game plays out, I hope you find it funny. Um, and unlike you with your family, I will forgive you, but you are such a dink. You are such a jerk sometimes. And for somebody who's so smart and shows that they care, I am incapable of comprehending how you could think this is funny or cool only days after Murphy does something that I'm sure you said was outrageous. What you did made less sense than what he did. Bye. You want to give Homer a round of applause? hell of
1: a rant. Whether you disagree
2: with it or you agree
1: with it, that was delivered
2: well. So yes,
1: I will give Homer a
2: round of applause. Low-key funny part was the music that was playing as he starts a very serious and, and, rant.
3: And then all of a sudden they fade that out. <laughs> the song is Brett Favre is an alien. It's like a total yeah, joke it's song. It's a parody song. <laughs> yeah. And he just goes into straight
1: like I cannot believe that, Aaron Rodgers was that the entire interview? Yes, he that said bye, s- and then he just hung up. He so that's back. a legendary move by. He called back later. But the it, Homer Truth, host but, of Homer and Tony, weekdays two to four on 94.5 four five ESPN Milwaukee. Even if
2: he called back or didn't call back, just that segment where he just says, "All right, bye, I'm done. Here's what I'm calling for." You know, you're legendary when you have the power to call into a radio show that you were a guest on and basically make the radio show Homer because you bring that strong of a take. But here's what I'll say. Mr. 99.99999% chance that Aaron Rodgers is coming back is starting to get frustrated because I think he's starting to feel that Mr. 99.999% is going to keep digging his heels in because he wants nothing to do with the Green Bay Packers. And yes, Aaron Rodgers is upset. And yes, Aaron Rodgers wants control. He does not want to be a Green Bay Packer. He does not care that much about the Green Bay Packer fans. He's going to say all the right things. He's going to say he loves the Packer fans. But guess what, Homer? He doesn't care. He wants what's best for Aaron Rodgers. And what, in Aaron Rodgers' mind, right now, Playing for the Green Bay Packers is not what's best for him. So he wants to move on. So you sound like a crybaby who's getting his feelings hurt because you love the Packers so much because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there. And I think you just need to get over it because he doesn't want to be there. And he doesn't care about you, Homer. So I feel like that was Homer's coming out party for understanding that Aaron Rodgers
1: isn't coming back. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. again Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. so Ben you don't necessarily disagree with what no, he said not at all you're I think just, it was a realization for Homer You're just saying that he sounds like a crybaby for saying it that way cuz you agree with a lot of what he said yes, right But Homer's just had this positive mentality
2: about Aaron Rodgers that he's got you know he's going to come back and play but now he's getting upset and he's starting to feel the disconnect that Aaron Rodgers really does have with the Green Bay Packers. Homer's been under the belief that Aaron Rodgers will somehow, someway, get over that disconnect and be under center for the Green Bay Packers. And I just don't see it. I think Homer's starting
1: to feel that. Yeah, I I don't necessarily know if they have to be mutually exclusive. Uh, I think you can feel that way about Rogers and still believe that he'll return. Because, again, he has no power. As much as everybody wants to pretend that the guy has power, he doesn't have any power right now. And his best friend is BFF, right? Kenny Mayne, he went on, one of the few guys that he talked to. Uh, you saw him, uh, maybe you didn't, but he was on social over the weekend, right? With Kenny Mayne, uh, promoting some of the... Um, uh, philanthropic work that both of them do, respectively. And uh, Kenny Vane put out a tweet, which I think is pretty telling, right? Because he's somebody who's obviously close enough with Aaron Rodgers to have had conversations to have a greater understanding uh, of what is occurring as it speaks right now. Um, as I'm trying desperately to buy some time so I could pull up this tweet. You did here. a great job, and I'm here to help. I but know. Like I, like I feel like you're
2: really good. If there's one thing Greg is good at, it's knowing where all of the th- tabs that he has open. He's usually mm, got 50 tabs
3: open. Did you consider going to Kenny Mayne's Twitter? Never searching thought about his it. name. Never thought about it. Let's see if I can get it here. Is this for a race yeah.
1: to? Kenny Main's tweet right now? But I will ultimately, I mean, I can just tell you what, it, what it, it pertained It was, look, no matter how much power the players think that they have, ultimately the power in the NFL resides with the NFL teams. And to me, it was the ultimate, hey, Aaron wants out, but Aaron can't do a single thing about it, and he is going to be stuck on the Green Bay Packers if he's going to play
3: football at all this season.
1: And I thought it was very telling based on where it came from. Uh, you know, Josh, Kenny Main.
3: One thing the football fans often forget is the lack of loyalty from team to player. If Coach B has found a better cue, he'd have dumped Brady in 2006. Teams have leverage always for holding power. Once in a while, the talent has a little power. And that's where we're at, right? That is 100 percent
1: about Aaron Rodgers, and it is telling you that as much as Rodgers is trying to create more power, not just for himself, but for future, future players, players in like relief, himself, because he wants, he views himself. Aaron Rodgers views himself along the lines of the Gandhi of the NFL. Now, neither you nor Jen Lada knew who Mohandas Gandhi was, right? That is you knew, correct. Neither that of you guys shocking. knew who the Mahatma was, right? I mean, Jen Lada <laughs> didn't know that Gandhi was uh, if he was dead or alive, which is R.I.P. Uh, just insane to me, and it, and it definitely makes Benifer a real thing, because you guys have more in common than I ever realized. Uh, I did listen to the show yesterday. And, Thanks for listening, Greg. And ultimately, like, like he, he wants to be the martyr. Like Aaron Rodgers wants to be somebody that people look at and say, wow, he was not only one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but look at all of these things that he did outside of the game, including his work uh, with, with Emmanuel Sher... I can't pronounce her last name. Cherokee I'm not sure. Uh, who played Sloan in, uh, in, in um. Don't look at me. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> the work that he did to help in Ethiopia years ago, the work that he is doing in Northern California, right, for, for during COVID. Uh, not Wildfire, relief. I mean, he Stimulus did that he did it three years ago. He did that as well, yes. The work that he did with Barstool Sports with a donation, a yes. massive donation to help businesses, businesses in Wisconsin. Like th- He wants people to pay attention to all of the good things that he does. I think he wants to create more power for players in the league coming up. He wants to be that martyr. He wants to be that guy that people can point to and say the start of the Aaron Rodgers, but it ain't that far along yet
3: I so I was kind of confused about the meaning of this tweet and I see what you're saying the last sentence to me is he is he like indicating in there that Aaron Rodgers has power because the Packers don't want Jordan Love to play this year like, uh, where he says once in a while the talent has a little power. Is he saying, like, no, I mean, Aaron a- Rodgers has a little and he's trying to seize it now, even though he really doesn't have all that much? He's just saying he's the 2020 MVP, so in his mind he
2: feels like on the outside he has the power, but when it comes to what's in between the lines of the contract and what's been written and what he'll have to pay back if he sits out, he doesn't have power.
1: 800 Yeah, I, th- I I think ultimately, like, he has a little power. Look at what's happened this offseason. He has enough power to completely put a cloud, not only over the Green Bay Packers, but the entirety of the NFL, right? Here, get the cool button ready, Josh, right? So I I, I host ESPN National Radio sometimes the nice. weekend. And they're literally, I've got somebody in Southern Florida saying, the amount of Aaron Rodgers I have to talk, I'm so sick of it. And I'm like, you're in South Florida. You're in South Florida. But it it is the story in all of sports right now. He has that power. Every time I
2: turn my head to the left on the TV, I see Aaron Rodgers. I see a Green Bay Packers logo
1: every time I turn my head left on these four TVs. But he does not have the power to trade himself. He does not have the power to pick out his new team. He is the Green Bay Packers, uh, uh, I don't want to say property, but he is part of the Green Bay Packers organization until they let him out of that for the next three years. And ultimately, that's where I think that a homer can say, Look, I do believe that... Aaron Rodgers will be back, but I still think that Aaron is acting like a dink and a jerk. And even if he was whining a little bit, Benny, I actually agree with a lot of what Homer had to say in what he said earlier this week on Will the Attack.
2: I just thought it was interesting that Homer went to that route and lost the positivity that he's had throughout his entire Aaron Rodgers saga. He's going to be
1: back momentum. JD from Fondy says Aaron is staging a one-man strike. Speaking of one, one or zero coming up next on Scalzo and
0: You're listening to Scalzo and Brust. Trying to create some radio here. You're doing a horrible job of it. Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Company, he is Benny Boogie's, Ben Brust. I'm Greg Scalzo, Alex Strofe, Josh Demazia running the show. Feel a little bad, Josh, that so we beaten Brust down to the point where I call him Benny Boogie's on the show and he doesn't even make a face, like not even a wince. He just takes it in full stride as he's looking at the weather patterns up here on the TV. <laughs> he got
2: a I- strong front coming in.
3: I I called him that earlier, and he said, oh, what is that from? And he reminded me. Oh, when I was a child,
2: I used to put boogers on my wall, and you guys made fun of me for that. And I said it very stern. It's not
1: as bad as now as a 30-year-old man when you pick your nose and you put the booger on your hand until it dries. That, to me... Oh, that sounds
2: horrible. That was earlier for Barry Week, which will air on ESPN Wisconsin.
3: Well, You've
1: got to give more cut. Com- That's us interviewing the head coach of the Wisconsin men's basketball team, Greg Gard, and you, a radio and television professional, in the middle of the interview, do this.
0: Just more so as a coach.
2: Oh, Ben. Right into the microphone. I mean, I may not have cringed when you call me Benny Boogie, but listening to that makes me feel sad.
1: Well, we want you to be happy, buddy. So let's get to some one or zero. Are you a one or a zero? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you a yes or a no?
0: There's no such thing as a gray area. Life is binary. It's just a one or a zero.
1: Here's is Benny Boogie's Ben Brust. I'm Greg Scalzo. We are your contestant for one or zero. Josh DiMaggio, your host. He asks us a question. We say one for yes, zero for no. There is no gray area. Joshy,
3: take it away. Last night on NBA on TNT, the cast played dodgeball on set, and Shaq hit Kenny in the face with a dodgeball. 1-0. In the face! Dodgeball was the best game to play in gym class. One, hands down, dodgeball was the best game to play in gym class. And there
2: was nothing better when the dodgeballs that got used up, when they finally brought in a new set where it was fresh and you could whip it and it would, like, screwball... I was the guy at gym class, and I'll be completely honest, that went 110 miles per hour and took it way too serious and threw the ball at the kid that really didn't want to play, got him out, get out of here, like went way too intense. I love dodgeball. I love gym class. I was a gym class hero, and I'm okay to say that out loud.
1: Cool. Thank you. Very cool. It also shows the difference, Josh. I don't remember ever getting new dodgeballs in my gym class. Do you remember them rolling in new dodgeballs? I don't even know what that means. No. Ben makes it sound like it's a major league baseball game where it's like halfway (laughs) through the game, they start rolling out (laughs) brand new balls out of the package and give the old ones to the public schools that me and you went to. No, I went to a public school, so don't do that right now. (laughs) And it's when, like,
2: you know how, like, there's the squishy... What would you the uh, the spongy type yellow? Yeah, I understand inside. What you're saying the outside would get ripped, and then the balls would not. You wouldn't well, be able so to control
1: oh, your real quick. Throw. Real, real quick. What? What age were you when you were taking this too seriously? Like, is this high school? Did you have high school? I never had a high school gym class.
3: Really? I mean, really? I t- I took. Everything no, I had a weird high
1: school in. career, but I took everything
2: serious in high school too. I remember sweating like. Like we all had to wear the white gym t shirt and it was it was gray at what? the end. Did you have a
1: gym uniform we too, had, we know.
2: I had a gym uniform in high school. Yeah, and
1: he went to a quote unquote public <laughs> school. The uniform Everybody gets a uniform in public school.
2: <laughs> I'll never forget the zit I picked on my back in gym class one time. It was disgusting. What? That was all you had for that? That was it? Is there any dazzling detail you can provide? Uh, I mean, it, it's... Just my, Did it bleed through the shirt, maybe? No, it's it's shot, it shot b- red blood onto the back of my shirt, and it was very noticeable, and I couldn't get it out because it was that much.
3: You're gross today. You
1: are gross today, and you also are recalling a zit that you popped back in high school,
3: which yeah, is
2: fascinating. You remember it it was so big there. and so satisfying, that's how I remember it.
3: The fireworks and clapping work with it, too. I... I'm astounded you didn't have gym in high school. I had well, I senior pr- gym. I, I went to a private school where there was no <laughs> oh, gym class. Oh, you were a public
1: school, hard, though. just a second ago. <laughs> I was. I went to public school my whole life, went to private school, almost <laughs> made it two full years. Didn't quite get to the finish my sophomore year there. Uh, and they had, there was no gym class there because they required you to play a sport every year, every season. And then by the time I went back to public school, our public school only had gym class for freshmen and sophomore. Huh.
3: And so there was no gym class that I ever took. I had senior gym where I got to go to the bowling alley every day for like a month, and we would just it's bowl amazing. and get to order wings, have a great time, drink sodas. It is
1: sad to me though that Ben Bross talks about trying 110% in gym class, and yet he thought that a man that was born in 1869 <laughs> could possibly still be alive today, that being Mahatma Gandhi. now Also known as Mohandas, but he was the Mahatma. He you know, have no idea what I'm saying. No, yeah, that's you know, why I'm no. skipping over you. Um In high do, school... Do you know what he accomplished or what he was
3: about or anything about Gandhi? Something about peace. Is that fair? One inch deep, like we always say. One I know enough deep. to be dangerous.
2: <laughs> um, my senior year, the head coach of my basketball team was a gym teacher, and we created a basketball class, which was basically like an extra practice, which was awesome. It led right into practice. Got to shoot hoops with sounds my pals. Sounds
3: like sounds like some improper like scheduling for the kids that might have been against regulations of the the Illinois State Athletic Commission. Well, I mean, my
2: high, my high school head coach I don't really like, so I don't care. I hope he gets
3: in trouble. All right. See ya.
1: Hill, uh, Hilsey chimes in, says, I think Benny met his gross match with Jen Latta, so today he's had to up his game. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty gross.
3: She crapped her pants. All right. I'm moving on. One of the baristas at the coffee shop I frequent has started to acknowledge me by name when I walk into the door. One or zero. Being a regular anywhere makes you proud. One. I love being a regular.
2: You know, I you you feel like you're getting a standing ovation every time you walk in. Even though it really doesn't mean anything, and everyone probably looks at you like you're a loser, internally you feel good. And I don't care about the others that are judging me for being that guy who's, Hey, Ben, how's it going? We got your spot right here. There's something
1: cool about that, and I like that. And when that's I- why I'm a frequent... Goer of places, <laughs> just for you to feel good, so they get to know you and you can act like you're special. It's right. all to make
2: you but feel they, special. But they also give me free drinks and free shots, and like yeah, like there's there's benefits
1: to being a regular. But you don't care about the money. Like you don't care if it's free or you pay for it. You just want to feel special that you get a free seventy five twenty five. No, I, I know you. It's one hundred percent zero.
2: Just 100%. to rub it in all your peasant faces that you're not getting the free shots.
1: I love. Yeah, I- <laughs> It, but it's not about anybody else. You're trying to make it like, like even if we all got it, if we got it because of you, you'd be happy because it meant that everybody recognizes that you're special. No, it means I'm happy that all my pals got a free drink. Mm. See, I feel like Ben does things. He- ben will, I know this, Ben, we have a steakhouse that we go to. Ben will request a certain waiter. So when he comes in, that waiter knows him and makes and takes special good care of him. Absolutely. But, but he, if he goes in and gets a normal waiter, they
3: won't know him. So he wants to make <laughs> sure that he gets that waiter. Shout out to Aaron. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ben goes places to get the regular status like becoming a regular has to be a natural process. Like, you're hunting. You want them no, to know your no, name. No, it's, ben, a na- it's a natural process. It is not. Ben picks out a place he Jeez. says, this is
2: going to be I can't my place. I can speak for myself
1: tonight <laughs> I, but, but you, but as I'm going to say, you do a great job of then building that out. Where he will. He'll go, and like you said, Joshie, right? He met your friends. It was a quick, hey, good to yeah. see you. I'm on. He'll spend as much time as possible with of that you care about creating that relationship. Ultimately, it's to make yourself feel special. But you do a good job of <laughs> (laughs) creating that relationship better than I do. Like, I would never go to a steak restaurant and be like, hey, like... Waiter, I, I'm going to request this guy next time because we had a great experience with him. But you go back to the well because you want to become a regular and you're able to accomplish it. That it's way. not my fault. My favorite Mexican restaurant in Madison. Oh when I God, go, if there. I hear about this damn place one more time, it's the worst Mexican restaurant never I've ever been been I there. went there. I went there last no, week. You know, you didn't. It was shut the grossest <laughs> <the laughs> food I've Don't ever you, had. Just it, shut it, the hell it, up. It's going
2: to make me mad. It literally was disgusting. You're ridiculous. It was the you're most ridiculous. Americanized,
1: perverted, no. perverted uh, term.
2: You're you're really making fun of an authentic Mexican Mexican family who's grinded their way in America and have delicious food food and the best margaritas you will find in Madison. You're ridiculous. You haven't been there. You're a liar, and I don't care about you. I brought the
1: tacos home to my dog, and my dog Cash looked up at me, and he literally gave me a face like, this is so gross, I won't even touch it.
2: Oh, I'm I'm so happy for your dog. You feed him steak every
0: meal, you weirdo. You're listening to Scalzo and Brust.
1: Scalzo and Brust has the best, most loyal, smart, uh, smartest, smartest. intelligent I don't know about smartest, but, but best fans out there.
0: Subscribe and listen to full show podcasts available free on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Come take this bitch of of me. I
3: won't wear it anymore.
1: So Bros Tech and Talk in Text Line is lighting up right now. Dale in Partyville chimes in, 800-990-3776, says, Yes, I tried that Mexican restaurant that Ben is referring to with my uncle. The next day, my uncle literally died. That's what Whoa. he said. He said it was that bad that he, he, he killed him. Dale in
2: Partyville. I'm just saying. I
1: we got like 15, 16 messages about how bad Ben Brust' favorite Mexican I'm pretty Mexican sure is.
2: that Dale in Partyville needs to go get an autopsy for his uncle because <laughs> it wasn't the food.
3: Dale seems to have it out for Ben Brust a yeah,
2: lot. Yeah, Dale's very pro Greg. It's very weird that Dale in Partyville. I don't, I don't get it. Like maybe
1: he's the number two Aaron Rodgers supporter because after all, I am the number one Aaron Rodgers supporter. This Scalzo and Brust, presented by Potosi Brewing Company. He's Ben Brust. I'm Greg. Alex Strofe and Josh DiMaggio running the show. You, the Scalzo and Bruss family on Twitter at Scalzo and Bruss, calling us, texting us 800 990 3776.
2: The conversation did start from a one or zero about being a regular, Mm -hmm. and Josh DiMaggio agrees with me. It is cool
1: to be a regular. Josh, can you please tell the people? But I don't care about that. All I did, I knew you were going to go and talk (laughs) about your dumb Mexican restaurant, and as soon as you did, I was going to let the world know how bad it is. But it is cool to be a regular, right, Josh? It
3: is, yeah. Today I walked in. I got a good morning, Josh, and half the place turned around. I walked right up, got my order, and I was out of there. It was—I felt special. Did you get goosebumps? No, but you decidedly not. So this
2: is weird, though, (laughs) because you've been on record saying that when you are at a restaurant, Josh, when you order your food, you get like order anxiety. So I have—I have have the idea in my head that if they called you by name and everyone was looking at you, that you would shrivel up and hate that.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't love having a ton of attention on me, but it felt good because it's the regular status. It's a difference because Josh doesn't care about the
1: attention. Josh wants, one, he, he knows he's going to get his order because they yeah. know him well enough where the order's going to be ready. He so wants to it, feel special, well, just like me. No, it eliminates his order anxiety. It does. It's like, hey, now it's isn't a stranger <gasps> ah. anymore. I no longer, this is a relationship. I, I'm comfortable with this person, so he doesn't have to feel like he's going into new surroundings. You, you want everybody else to hear... How they know you. Would yeah, you. Yeah, put out the red carpet. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> we should. Mr. Bruss, table for four this way. We should just carry a red carpet with us and everywhere Ben goes, <laughs> just roll it in front of the door.
2: I mean, I've watched Coming to America for the first time like a couple months ago. I feel like that's kind
1: of what I'm looking for, you know. It's probably what Aaron Rodgers is looking for because he be pampered. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell he's mad about, right? Like that that's still part of this whole thing is like I legitimately do not understand what he is still so upset about and where I agree with Homer, and I know we played this like twenty minutes ago, but he appeared earlier this week on Wilde and Touch and he talked about how frustrated he was that Aaron Rodgers is making this to be a nuclear situation. And then he's laughing about it, right? On one hand, he's so mad that he won't play with his teammates, his coaches. He's holding out. He's demanding to be traded. He's making this entire cloud over the organization. On the other hand, he's on this press conference for the match, this fun little golf outing and golf match he's going to play with. And he's got a joke shirt on and he's cracking jokes left and right. And he's laughing about the situation that he's put the entire organization in, the entire state of Wisconsin, and the entire NFL in. He's laughing about it while he's taking things seriously. He doesn't know what to choose. And ultimately, like, again, he doesn't care. It just shows the Rogers doesn't care about you he doesn't care about his teammates he doesn't care about his coaches doesn't care about the organization and ultimately nobody knows what can fix this so it's it's somewhat infuriating when booger mcfarlane opens up his big all mouth and says hey why don't the packers just trade jordan love and maybe that will all of a sudden fix things
0: well, if you think about this, I think That's we all agree Aaron Rodgers has three to four high-level years of football left. That would take out the rest of Jordan Love's contract. So theoretically, if Aaron Rodgers wants to come back, if he does come back, Jordan Love is not going to see the field anyway. So if you're Green Bay and you want to make this thing right, you trade Jordan Love because he's not going to play anyway. You're going to have Aaron Rodgers playing at a high level for the next four years. You give him a, a three- to four-year deal. You sweeten it to $40, 45000000 million a year. He's the highest paid quarterback in football. And your quarterback position is solved for the next four years. And you show to Aaron publicly, hey, we made a mistake. Uh, we're not going to fire the GM Brian Gutekis, But what we'll do is we'll trade Jordan Love. We'll move on. We will let you dictate the end of your career and we will prepare for the future when the future gets here.
2: Booger McFarlane, that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Why would the Green Bay Packers trade Jordan Love when it's pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay? And at this point, I don't think Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst want to put up with Aaron Rodgers for three years despite how good of a quarterback he may be. I think they've, they're all reaching the point of of even though Aaron Rodgers may give them the best chance to win football games I think both sides are so nuclear towards each other that over the next 3 years they would not be able to work with each other into a, get to a place where for 3 years they're going to be able to work all their issues out it just it just doesn't work like that it's been so deep that if they just traded Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers isn't just going to be like, okay, because like you just said, Greg, Aaron Rodgers can't figure out where the hell he stands on any of this. He could change his mind about how he's feeling tomorrow and say, oh, it's not about Brian Gutekunst, it's about Mark Murphy, even though a month ago he hates Brian Gutekunst. So why would they want to leverage or get rid of the only leverage they have at the quarterback position to risk it all for this ticking time
1: bomb that is Aaron Rodgers that you don't know what you're going to get from him? 990 3776. Again, eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you, Ben. Like I, I don't understand what he's trying to say because it seems like he's a guy that's just making up why Aaron Rodgers is upset. Now nobody knows why Aaron Rodgers is upset. 990 Why do you think Aaron Rodgers is upset? Because I have no idea. Josh, do you have any idea?
3: I have a I mean, I feel like I have an idea.
1: Does he's... it have anything to do? Because what I've heard is it's not about Jordan Love. I heard it's not about uh, the contract. I heard that it's not about uh, the team around him. It's about organizational philosophy. It's about the it's about the, the team recognizing that it's an organization of people. But he James Jones like also Cootie. said
2: no. But James Jones says it's, he, not, it's not about
1: duty. So maybe it's about Mark Murphy. But like, no matter what somebody says, it's about somebody else says it's not about that. But ultimately, the organizational philosophy doesn't change if they get rid of Jordan Love. The team around Aaron doesn't get better. If it's not about the contract, like, trading Jordan Love solves
3: nothing. I think the idea here is Booger is postulating that if you can get Aaron Rodgers to agree to a big extension, and as part of that, Jordan Love is traded away, that would somehow appease him. I don't know if that works, but... If
1: that's the case, then Aaron Rodgers has lied right to our face. Because he's talked about it directly not to Jordan us Love. with Kenny Mayne. He said, it's not about Jordan Love. It wasn't about that draft pick. Now, if it is about that, then he was lying to us. And where I believe that it's not about that, and where if I'm the Packers, there's no freaking way I get rid of Love, even if I can bring Rodgers back as one, that makes Aaron Rodgers look the most petulant, right? It makes, him, it makes everybody realize he's treating Love worse than Favre treated him. 800
2: 3776 we got time for a quick one. We will go to Steve from Pewaukee.
0: Hi. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, my, my version of this is I don't think the Packers are doing for Aaron Rodgers what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did for Tom Brady. I think Rodgers, look at Brady, he looked at they went all in. I mean, they sold out. They sold out the next couple of years after Brady retired. Because they're in a win now mode. And, you know, the Packers have done some things, but they haven't done enough, at least in the mind of Aaron Rodgers, in order to try and win now. Thank, Thank you, you for the call. call. Thank
1: you for the call. Uh, here's the difference Bre- or, uh, Tom Brady was in Aaron Rodgers' position four years ago. He chose to sign a contract
3: with
2: the Green Bay Packers. If he wanted to be the Tom Brady method, he could have went somewhere else and started
1: recruiting guys, but that's not what he chose.
3: He did get the owner to trade Jimmy G. That is the thing that happened.
1: Okay, But my point is, is that he was in that position. He didn't get the owner to trade Jimmy G. He was just so damn good that by the end of Jimmy G, when they when, right before,
3: why are you looking at me like that? He was that good. It, like, it, I, he was good, but, 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 but Jimmy G is, played a part into why he was upset. And Jimmy G was traded, which sues things over for a while. Yes, but Tom Brady never said, I won't play for the Patriots anymore!
1: I refuse to play for the Patriots instead. You know what he did? He went out, he won some Super Bowls, and then when they... Said, hey, we have to choose either Aaron Rod- or, or Tom Brady or Jimmy G. They went ahead and they chose Tom Brady. He didn't go to the owner and say, "I refuse to play unless Jimmy G is traded." He played out that contract, and then even after Jimmy G was traded, Joshi he wanted out of New England, but he didn't. Blow up his team, he won some more Super Bowls, and ultimately at the end of his contract he got to hit free agency and then he got to choose where he went. And he went to a team that would let him be general manager and let him win another Super Bowl. And also you're talking about a guy that's won six Super Bowls and a guy that players want to play with, Aaron Rodgers. He's won one Super Bowl, and the way that he conducts himself in a locker room, I don't know how many guys around the league really want to play with Aaron Rodgers. 800-990-3776. Caller 3, caller 9. Caller 3, caller 9. Over-under on Scalzo and Brass. Over-under par for a chance to win a pair of golf passes to Wild Rock Golf Course. 800 3776 Again, 800-990-3776. Over-under par next on Scalzo and Brass.